Good morning, everyone. My name is Alvin. For those of you who are here with us for the first time, I serve as lead pastor here. We're honored that you're with us. Hope you're enjoying yourself. Hope you receive from God during your time with us today. Uh, we are, in case you didn't know, fresh off of our 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church. We opened up the church every weekday from 6 a.m. to 7, and we had a lot of people come out. Um, we ended last Sunday uh, with a great guest speaker, well, really two, Pastors Pearson and Blessing Pretorius from South Africa, really blessed our church. I was so honored they came. If you missed it, it's on our podcast, it's online. I highly recommend it's a very, uh, in my opinion, a life-changing message, especially if you really practice what the message said. So I want to honor the Pretorius again for coming a second time to Nashville Life. I can't wait for them to come again. Uh, but we've been praying for our church. We've been experiencing some exciting growth recently, and uh, it's, it's humbling, it's exciting, it's fun. Uh, we got to uh, add to our staff this year. Our staff is larger. We've got to add uh, to our elder board. We've got two new elders that were brought on. We've got uh, renovations happening in our back building, and then we've got uh, our serve days kicking back. As you heard, uh, February the 17th, we are putting together care packages for the unhoused community here in Nashville. Um, we are collecting items, specific items, uh, to the right, my right. There's a bin there that you can go out and get things starting today and then even next week. If you want to know what these items are, you can see our team or you can text serve in L to 77411 if you would like to contribute to this. And then on the 17th, we're gathering together here and assembling these uh, packages to deliver to our brothers and sisters in town to let them know that we love them and we care for their needs. So if you want to be a part of that in any kind of way, please, please get involved. Um, we would love for you to do it. Also, on March 24th, the Sunday before Easter, uh, we are celebrating our Vision Sunday. This is our day where we cast vision for the church. Uh, it's a refresher for those who've been here and also for those who are new to kind of hear what our church is about and where we're going in the future. Uh, and then it's also the day that we celebrate our 12 years as a church. It's our 12th year anniversary coming up March 12th. Um, so that's great. And then on, uh, at 1 o'clock on that day, it's a big day. There's a family meeting where we do an annual report of our finances, and we want everyone to be connected to what's going on in our church, even on the business side. So at 1 p.m. Uh, after church on that anniversary Sunday, we'll have a big uh, meeting here for anyone who wants to stay for it. Uh, but that's all the stuff we've got going on. I want to get into the Word. i got a lot to share. We're opening up a new series for this month. And I would like for all of us to prepare ourselves for what we're about to hear. So repeat these words after me and say, the word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Um, well, the steps of our vision here at Nashville Life, we go over it as often as we can. If you go to the next steps today, we'll talk more about it. But it's know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And this is the journey that we want every person 
who calls Nashville Life their home to go on. We want you to know God personally, intimately. Find freedom, freedom from all the stuff from your past, and then discover purpose, discover why you've been saved, and then make a difference. Go and start making disciples and changing lives for the glory of God. Um, today, I want to focus on the second step of the vision, uh, and that is find freedom. Uh, freedom is, is our topic for the month. I'm praying freedom over all of your lives, over your marriages. I pray freedom over your finances. I pray freedom over your mental and emotional lives, uh, your family, your personal lives. And I'm excited to, to dive into that. Um, I was in a cool discussion with my lovely wife, Jasmine. She's styling today in the sweater vest, looking fresh. She takes so good care of our little girl. And she looks good doing it, and I'm blessed, very blessed. But we were having a great talk. Yes, give her a hand, everybody. She's awesome. She's awesome. All right. Um, but we were talking and inspired something that I really want to talk on today. And uh, I pray it blesses you because it blessed me, and I think it blessed you. Did it? Okay, it blessed Jasmine, too. Um, the reason why freedom is uh, just always a relevant topic in any room, any room, is because we all share uh, a common thing called sin. Um, there's a lot of different people in this room, a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different opinions and styles and uh, whatever, a lot of differences. But there's one thing that we all share, and that is we all sin. And there's a curse that comes with sin. The curse of sin brought a lot of complications to the human life. And one of them was this, this curse of, of working hard and producing little. That was something from Adam and Eve from the very beginning. Mankind was cursed with this destiny of exhausting a lot and, and getting little from it. Uh, and this applied financially, it applied agriculturally, it applied spiritually. The curse of sin means you're putting in but not really getting anything out. Planting seeds and producing thorns and thistles. Uh, sweating from effort only to cry from disappointments. Chasing a dream and getting further from it the more you reach for it. Storing up treasure only to have it devoured up when you're not looking. Uh, trying to be a better person and being coming worse the more you try. Trying to be more like God and drifting further away from him. This is the curse of sin. And Jesus is the only person who can set us free from this hamster wheel of a life, which breeds uh, frustration, anger, and he can, he can even make us sick. The Bible says that this kind of living can make a person sick to the heart. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is the tree of life. And Jesus is that tree of life. He really does unlock the world of dreams and hopes and things that we feel in our heart that we are called to and things that we know are in us, but we just can't seem to see it manifest. Jesus is the one who can unlock that uh, door. There's a prophecy in Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, verse 1 through 2, 
and it's so good. It says, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Hmm. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread uh, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, the Lord says, and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Amen. But I can't, I can't help but think, my, first, my mind first goes to before this is good, I think this is, this is kind of odd. It's a little strange, a little foreign, uh, especially to the the lives and the reality of the Jews that this was written to. And honestly, it's even foreign to the way most of us live because the way of life when this prophecy came was high expense, basically give a lot, only to receive a very low yield. And then this offer is saying, receive abundance, a high yield, for no expense. So high expense, low yield, that was the reality. Work a lot, put in a lot to get little to nothing. And then there's this offer, this is prophecy saying that you can come and get an abundance with no expense or for no expense. Receiving nothing in result of a lot of hard work or receiving an abundance in result of another person's work, which was just strange. I think before they could even say amen, they were going, wait, what? Like this is the, literally the opposite of all that we've known because of this curse of sin. Well, this other person's work I'm talking about is Jesus, and the work that I'm talking about was when he died on the cross. And Jesus, when he died on the cross, came, he was offering uh, a free gift free gift of abundant life, of salvation, things that these people had been working tirelessly for only to fail and to not obtain. Jesus comes on the scene, Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30, and he says, come to me, Jesus says, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Okay, so he used the word easy, he used the word light, he used the word rest, and these were very foreign concepts to the Jews who were people who were under a very strict, a very demanding law. This was an amazing offer from Jesus because they had never known rest like what Jesus described in this passage. Before Jesus, for the Jews, rest was only found in a single day. And that day was called the Sabbath. And all of the pressure of their rest, all of the demands of their rest was placed on this single day 
called the Sabbath. And I say pressure because this was a law-based attempt to find rest. And it was very ironic because though this day was meant to be a day of rest, it arguably became one of the most stressful days of the week because the law had made it so technical to where they were afraid to do anything. And they had a lot of reason to be afraid because they had verses like this, Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3 verse 2 through 3 says, Six days' work shall be done, but on the seventh day you shall have a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. You shall kindle no fire in all your dwelling places on the Sabbath day. So you can see what I mean. This day that's supposed to be chill is anything but. Because you're like, can I even reach for this glass of milk without getting struck? No one knew what nothing was. How do you do nothing? Is your nothing too, more than my nothing? Is my nothing less than your nothing? Oh, I went to the bathroom. Was that too much labor? Oh, my gosh, because I felt something in my back. God, don't kill me. This was rest to the Jews. This was their idea of rest. Basically, fear of death was their rest. So Jesus comes on the scene, and he talks about Rest, but it's a rest like they had never heard of before. This rest was easy. This rest was light. This rest was internal. It was rest for my soul? What's that? This is why the law was never meant to be achieved by human beings. All the law did, scripture says, all the law does is tell us how sinful we are and how much we cannot, it shows us how inadequate we are to achieve what the law says. That's, that's really what it does. The law reveals to you and I just how much we can't do it. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 through 20, Jesus says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. Man, I love him. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Stick with me. Jesus is, he's the best. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of these, sorry, one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, Jesus says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. It's like, so you're telling me that I'm going to hell? <laughs> like, because he, he just, he says the law isn't going anywhere. 
The law is still God's standard for holiness. It's still good. It's so good that none of y'all can do it. The law is so perfect that none of you guys, no matter how hard you try, can achieve it. And let me add something else to it. Not only do you have to achieve the law to get to heaven, but you have to exceed the perfection of the law to get into heaven, which is, I don't know about you, but that's bad news for me. Because if I can't even reach the level of the law, and you're telling me that I'm supposed to reach past the level of the law to even get into heaven, then I'm toast. But thank God for Jesus. Jesus saves us from having to achieve the perfection of the law, and he did that by achieving the perfection of the law for us. He fulfilled the law. The Bible says that he didn't even, he didn't just achieve the law, he exceeded. He, was, he basically did the standard that he told us. That he said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, Jesus accomplished the law so perfectly that he actually exceeded the righteousness of the prophets and the scribes. So instead of trying to meet the standard of the law, which we can try all day and will fail every time, Jesus is offering us a ride on his back, so to speak. And through him, and as we latch on to him, and as we live in him, we will receive a fast pass. Not just at the level of the law, but past the righteousness of the law. In a place that we could have never even dreamed of reaching without him. Which is unheard of for us. Even to this day, I can feel it in the room. It's unheard of for us because what the Jews knew and what many of us know today is work, 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 and fail. Work, 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 and still fall short. Work, labor, try, troubleshoot, and still miss the mark. And then Jesus comes on the scene and says, I'm giving you a life where you can rest, 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 and succeed. So we go from, wait a minute, when, and that's trippy. When all you know is work, 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 and fail, and Jesus is saying you can rest, 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 and succeed, it's a, it's, it's, it's a little daunting because it's so opposite. But I've learned over the years I can be perplexed about this thing or I can just receive it and take it. So you can question it if you want, but sooner or later you got to say, well, if this is what, <laughs> work hard and fail or rest well and succeed, if that's what's on the table, then Lord, I'll take the latter. Sooner or later, you can question, you can wrestle, but want, you got to make a choice. And I, it would be a behoo of you. It would be very wise of you to pick the latter. And if you think it sounds too good to be true, it's not. It is true. It is true. It is true. Work hard and fail, which is the curse of sin, or rest well and succeed, which is the promise of Jesus. So how do you rest well? How do you rest well? Before I talk about how to rest well, I'll tell you what resting well is not. Resting well is not laziness and it's not procrastination. Before any of y'all go, oh my goodness, this is great. No, like... Resting well is not laziness and procrastination. Laziness and procrastination is what we'll call fake rest. It's fake. Because physically you're doing nothing, but the guilt and anxiety of all the things that you know you're responsible for are still on you. 
and you're still thinking about it, you're still feeling guilty about it, you're still pushing off, and even though you're not doing anything, you're still not at rest internally because you know that all this stuff is waiting on you. Which is why many of us have to go to numbing substances to silence that war that's happening in our mind. That's where the marijuana comes in. That's where the alcohol comes in. It's to, it's to put the pressures of what you know you're called to do, and that's eating you up. It, 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 it gives you what we'll call a synthetic sense of peace. It's fake peace. And the reason why I know it's synthetic because it doesn't last. That's why you got to take another toke. you got to take another smoke. you got to take another drink because it doesn't last. It's synthetic. It's not true peace. It's manufactured synthetic rest. And it's God's got something better for you. He's got the real thing for you. He's got rest for your soul. So how do you rest well? Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty. 30. We'll read this passage one more time. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The answer to resting well, if you want to rest well, this is what resting well is. And it's, it's specific but it's simple. And I don't think there's any other way. Resting well is wearing the yoke and burden of Jesus. Resting well is wearing the yoke and burden of Jesus. Some of y'all might be, feel confused about that because when you think of rest, again, what we know of rest and what we imagine of rest and what those substances promise that rest is, is rest relieves you of the burdens. Takes, you have no burdens anymore. Come and enter a life where there's no burdens, there's no yoke, there's nothing on you. That option doesn't exist. It's a fake offer. It's a false promise. There is no yokeless, burdenless option. You have one of two choices when it comes to burdens. You can either wear the burden of your sin or the burden of his holiness. My burden of sin or his burden of holiness. Both are burdens, but the consolation, Jesus says, my burden is way lighter than that other one. So it's still a burden, but it's, li it's tons lighter than the burden of sin. When it comes to yoke, you have one of two options. If anyone tells you there's another option, they are from the devil. There's two options that you have when it comes to yoke. You can either wear the yoke of slavery or the yoke of freedom. Both are yokes. Both are weights, but the consolation is Jesus says my yoke of freedom is way lighter than the yoke of slavery. So if you want to rest well, you have to take off your yoke only to put on another. People forget about take, putting on the other. We live a life of like, okay, well, let me get rid of my sin. Let me take off the yoke of sin. But if you don't put on the yoke of righteousness, it doesn't work. You'll go back. That's why the Bible says you go back, to, the dog goes back to his vomit. When you, when you take off the yoke of slavery without putting on the yoke of freedom, you end up back in slavery, which is why some of you guys are still doing the same thing. Because the, the gospel only, you only heard half of it. You thought, okay, let me stop doing bad stuff. But when that's where it ends and you don't put on good stuff, then you always return, and I mean always return to the bad stuff. 
So you can't just take off the yoke of slavery without putting on the yoke of freedom. That's if you want to truly rest. We're talking about resting well, guys. There's resting and there's resting well. There's fake rest and then there's the real stuff. And if you want the real rest, you've got to put on the lifestyle and the mindset of Jesus. So why is this yoke so resting? Because it's the mindset and the lifestyle of the one who conquered sin and death. It's the lifestyle and the yoke and the mindset of the one who fears nothing. It's the lifestyle of the one who saw Satan himself, the one who's terrorizing your life. This is the yoke of the one who saw him fall from the sky and is not scared of him. You are putting on the yoke of someone who has overcome the world. So this is, this is a unique yoke. This is not the yoke of your friends. This is not the yoke of your ancestors. This is the yoke of Jesus, the one who has all authority in the palm of his hand. And when you put on his burden and when you put on his yoke, you sleep like a baby. Y'all know how Jesus was sleeping in that stormy boat? You'll get that kind of sleep. Sleep in the midst of the storm. Because nothing phases you because you've put on the yoke and the burden of the one who's conquered it all. Our rest is not in doing nothing. Our work is in putting on the yoke and the burden of Jesus, the priorities of Jesus, the passion of Jesus, the mission of Jesus. You will not find rest. No one in here, under the sound of my voice or watching online, will find rest until his burdens become yours. You can try, you can smoke, you can drink, you can vacation, you can beach it, you can mountain it, you can ski it. You will never find rest. You can sabbatical it. You can do whatever. You, you can sleep it. Isaiah 26.3 says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. That's where peace comes from. Thinking on him, meditating on him, learning from him. Shutting your mind off, first of all, there's nowhere in the Bible. I just need to shut my mind off. Nowhere in Scripture. Shutting your mind off will not give you the rest that turning your mind on Jesus will. So many of us are trying to shut our minds off. You need to turn your mind on to Jesus. That will give you the rest. All this talk of unplug, unplug, unplug. You, don't, you need to plug in to Christ. And it's when you're plugged into him that you will receive the source of your rest and your peace. Now, yes, God is a God of rest. He rests on crea during creation. I get rest, God. But, but the whole time, I believe, every time the Lord is talking about rest, and even every time he's talking about the Sabbath, I think he's pointing us to Jesus. Because that is our rest. When Jesus said he would give us rest, he was speaking to people who associated rest with the Sabbath, that kind of scary day that you can die if you, if you do anything. And the proof is in Matthew 12, right after he says, I will give you rest in Matthew 11, Matthew 12, he teaches about his authority over the Sabbath. I'm going to read it, verse 1 through 8. Stay with me, guys. You all okay? I pray you all just get some liberty today. Hope y'all sleep like babies tonight. 
Um, verse 12, 1 through 8. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples were hungry and began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. But he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry? And uh, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priest? Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Yet I say to you that in this place there is one greater than the temple. But if you had known this, what this means, sorry, but if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would have not condemned the guiltless. Verse 8, for the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. In this context, in this story, the Pharisees were trying to treat the Sabbath as, it, as if it had authority over Jesus. And Jesus says, no, no. I have authority over the Sabbath. So as Christians, the question I have for us today is, should the church observe the Sabbath? Ooh. What's he going to say? My answer is simple. To my answer, to my answer to that question is, the church should observe Christ. The church should observe Christ. The rest we find in Christ exceeds a day. The rest we have in Christ is with us whether we are lighting a candle or not, whether we have a clear calendar that day or not, whether I'm laying on the couch or studying for an exam or hiking a mountain. Jesus gives us rest for our soul, and his rest is 24-7, 365 days a year. Now, resting physically is important. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I hope that none of us go to work seven days out of the week. I hope that all of us are getting proper sleep. I hope all of us get a good nap every now and then. Hope all of us get to have a nice getaway if we can afford it. Physical rest is common sense and a necessity for our longevity, our endurance, and our good health. But personally, I prefer the verbiage of taking a day off. Today I'm just going to chill. Today I'm taking a day off. Today's my off day. Because it takes a, a simple and a practical truth and discipline that we all need and it separates it from the, the, the binding legal technical feat that the Sabbath implies scripturally that none of us are able to succeed in and that's the thing about the law once you open up your door a little bit to the law you are accountable to all of it once you start living under the law the Bible says if you miss a speck of it you've forfeited the whole thing it's perfection or nothing, and none of us can achieve that. And none of us have to, because Jesus achieved it for us. 
So when it comes to the Sabbath, I just encourage everyone, look a little bit higher. Look to the Lord over the Sabbath. Look a little bit higher. Look to the one who lords over this concept of rest. Let him be your rest. Find your rest in him. Look above the one who reigns over it. Don't save your rest for a day. Find rest in Jesus. and You will find rest when you're productive. You will find rest when you're getting things done. And you'll find rest when you shut off and relax for the day. Or for however your life looks. I mean, all of our lives look so different. And the good news is that in Christ, we can all find rest. If you are a student, you can find rest. You can have rest the day before finals, which is so unheard. You can actually find rest and be in a place of rest while you're studying. For some of you, you're doctors and you're always on call. The Lord can give you rest. Some of you guys, you know, I don't know. I don't know what your life is. Some of y'all might have six kids. The Lord can give you rest even with six kids. Colossians 2, last scripture. 16 through 17. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance, the substance belongs to Christ. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we turn our eyes to you. We look up this morning above all the laws, above all the demands, above all of the pressures, all of the expectations, Lord, everything that can stress us out, Lord, and we look to you the giver of true rest, God. Rest for our souls, healing for our bodies. You renew our minds. You fill us with passion and vigor, Lord, but you also watch us over our sleep, Lord. You give us sweet sleep. You protect us from, from nightmares, God. You, 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 you just, you're, the, you're everything to us, God. We can do nothing without you, Jesus. We can't even rest without you, God can't even relax without you, God. Lord, we can do nothing without you, God. So today, I pray on behalf of everyone here and everyone watching that we turn our eyes to you and we enter in your rest. Lord, that's something that we can have any time of any day. We thank you for this wonderful offer of resting and yet still succeeding and progressing in our lives. Teach us how to do this, Lord. We take on your yoke. We take on your burden this morning. And teach us. We are your students, Lord. Teach us your ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to ask us all to stand. I want to ask for the prayer team to get in position. We're about to dismiss. Was that helpful for some of you? Okay. I really believe that God is so good. And he's better than we think. And he knows your goals. He knows your, your hopes. And he can take you past all those things while still prospering in your soul. Keeping on, holding on to your peace. So if you want that Jesus, if you are ready to find your rest 
solely in him, if you are ready to take on his yoke and put on his burden and learn from him and enter a life of rest and still a life of abundance at the same time, If that sounds good to you and you want to follow Jesus, repeat this prayer after me and we can all say it together. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day Forgive me of my sins. Make me a new person in Christ. Lord Jesus, I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let's all say amen together. Let's thank God, the giver of rest, who's excited to enter the rest of Jesus Christ. Lord, we surrender all. We give you all of our cares, and we take on yours, God. Thank you for salvation. If you need prayer for anything on your way out, this team is here. They can pray for you. They love God. They love you. Don't hesitate. If you need prayer, please. Let them serve you in that way. If you want to get more connected to the church, you can text that word BELONG to 77411. Get some more information about us. And we have Next Steps. Next Steps is at 1 o'clock. You get to hear about the vision of the church. You get to meet the leadership. I'll be there. I would love to meet you, tell you about more about our history and what, where we're going. Um, and then lastly, if you want to give, thank you in advance. You can give online or our finance team can serve you. I pray y'all have a great rest of the day. I pray that it's restful, and it's restful because you're thinking on the goodness of Jesus all the day long. Have a good rest of the day. We'll see y'all next week.